Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, because of the holiday, we've taken a short break from the book of Matthew. Here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's special apologetics teaching called The Origins of Halloween. First Peter 5.8 says, The devil prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to what? Devour. It doesn't say only on October 31st or only in a magnified way on October 31st. No. No, we know that we're in a spiritual battle, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. So if you're a recent convert to Christianity, and maybe you have some of this stuff, you know, in your background, I understand um, how this might trouble you in terms of, you know, how Christians may or may not participate. But here's what you need to know. You've been delivered from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of God's beloved son. You don't have to fear anything anymore, including death itself. The only fear that the culture should have, if you want to talk about a healthy fear, is to fear the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Of wisdom. And it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. If you don't know him, then get to know him. We should be preaching that. That's a healthy fear. I'm not saying go go around and say to people, fear the Lord, right? But I am saying to people, I'm saying that you should preach the gospel in truth to people. The ancient Druids believed that this night was the time of no time. And they believed that the spirits would go around and maybe even harass people. We don't believe this. This is what they believed. I just want to qualify. So you had to treat them so they wouldn't trick you. So if a spirit was coming by your house, I don't know what this would look like. You had to put Snickers bars out on the porch (laughs) so that they would be happy with you. And if you didn't treat them, they could trick you. This is where trick or treat comes from. So when we, you know, Ring a doorbell if you take your kids trick-or-treating. And you say, trick-or-treat, this is kind of, this is connected to the ancient idea that spirits had to be treated or they would trick you. And so people thought that the spirits could show up in different forms, even grotesque kind of forms. And so if you didn't treat them, they might trick you. So if you put a costume on, they might think you're one of them and leave you alone. So you, if you put a weird-looking costume on, they might just say, how are you doing? Just think you're another spirit. Hopefully you wouldn't have to have a conversation with them. You just high-five them as they float by. You know, I'm doing all right. I don't know what spirit talk, how spirits talk, but hey, yeah. What do you think of the Dodgers? You know? <laughs> we don't believe this. That's what they believed. Everybody understand? We don't believe this. That's what they believed. So they would sometimes dress up to think that they would be protected from evil on this night. Or they would leave food out on the porch. Or they would do things like make huge bonfires because fires were supposed to uh, scare the spirits away. So if you made a big enough fire, no spirits or spooks would mess with you. This is what they believed. 
And so people did all these different things and they got involved in these practices and they largely did them, please hear me well, out of fear. Fear of what? Well, as a Christian, you don't need to live in fear, right? Jesus Christ has removed even the fear of death. He's conquered the devil. He made an open spectacle of principalities and powers triumphing over them through the cross. So you can be at peace. You can breathe easy. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're protected by the power of God. Your place is reserved in heaven. All of those things belong to you as a Christian. One of the greatest things that you can do as a Christian is understand your identity in Jesus. Once you understand who you are in Jesus, you don't have to freak out about what other people freak out about. You don't, because you have a hope in you, and that hope is the anchor of your soul. So this is what would happen with this festival of ignorant superstitions and fears. People would do silly things. They would get involved in silly things, all because of fear. So Christian converts found family and cultural influence hard to withstand. They were tempted to rejoin the pagan festivals, especially Samhain or Samhain. Thus, the response of the church in the ninth century with this celebration of All Saints Day. Sometimes what happens is you become a Christian, but the culture around you begins to pull you back. And there's, there's different ways that this happens to all of us, but we begin to look at the the old life and the old ways, and we can find we're getting pulled back into it. And so that's where as Christians, we, we need to be wise about knowing who we are in Jesus. Those who practice divination, as mentioned in Deuteronomy 18, were somehow trying to get in touch with the other world or the spirit world. But God said in many passages in Old and New Testament, I don't want you to go there. Don't mess with that stuff. So some of you who are a little older and teenagers, I think maybe especially, you may have friends who try to pull you into stupid things. Can I just tell you now? Don't do it. Don't go there. There's no reason. You already have the best that there can be. So don't don't go for cheap substitutes. Once you've had a double-double with grilled onions, why eat any other cheeseburger? Can I get a witness, anybody? All right. <laughs> now, the ceremony of Halloween underwent an infusion of other pagan influences when the Celt homeland or the Celt homeland was absorbed by the Roman Empire. While Rome allowed the Druid, Druid priests to continue all their ceremonies except uh, different sacrifices that they were involved in, new rituals of Roman origins were also incorporated. Chief among them was the worship of a goddess named Pomona, Not the city of Pomona, by the way. She was the goddess of the harvest. Representing bounty and fertility, Pomona was shown in art as sitting on a great basket of fruits and flowers and a horn of plenty at her feet. Apples were the sacred fruit of the goddess. Many games of divination involving apples entered into Samhain or Samhain through her influence. One of the most popular modern-day expressions of this is bobbing for apples. And so you say, what? Yeah, well, of course, 
If you've ever done it before, I'm sure you weren't doing it involved in the worship of the goddess of Pomona. But, but this is where it comes from. People would cut apple slices and see which way they fell and think that it had some premonition of the future. It's interesting. I was driving down Hamner Avenue, and uh, I think I was with Pastor John, and it was kind of interesting. There was a, uh, there's Calvary Chapel Norco right there on Hamner, and I don't remember the cross street. And there's a psychic right in front of Calvary Chapel Norco. And you're like, Wait, what? what's going on? Well, what's the deal with this? Why, why would someone go to a psychic? Because they want to know information about what? Their future. And so they might go to a psychic and try to get a reading for what? Well, am I going to meet somebody tall, dark, and handsome? Is this going to happen? And some people are really desperate, and some people are fearful. But as a Christian, you are not to go there. You already have 66 books of your Bible. Let me just recommend that you read these first before you worry about anything else. How much of this have you gotten through? You know, our, our culture is telling us, oh, go do this or try that, check this out. Look, those people, they don't have a clue. And if anything is happening that has any truth to it, like they came up with something that may be true of your life, the source is not God. So don't mess with it. Don't mess with anything dark. And don't even walk the edge. There's no reason to do so. And so um, these are the... The, this is the, some of the history of the holiday and how people were fascinated with it and how people sometimes get fascinated with it today. All right, some of the Halloween traditions quickly as we wind down. A jack-o'-lantern, which seems to be the universal symbol of Halloween that's behind me, comes from a legend about an Irish drunk uh, named Irish or Stingy Jack. The origin of jack-o'-lanterns were potatoes or turnips carved and illuminated by Irish children and used to light Halloween gatherings. The candle inside the pumpkin, they thought, was of magical importance. The candle flame represents not only the element of fire, but also the white light of pure spirit. This is what they say. It has become traditional among many pagans to mark the four quarters of the Samhain circle with jack-o'-lanterns. But it might also be in keeping with the season to light one white candle in a jack-o'-lantern placed in the window on, or on a front porch to beckon the spirits. And so this is just another thing that they did. I mentioned to you the colors, the costumes, the trick-or-treating, the dark clothing of witches, and even, you know, as the, the holiday kind of imbibes some Christian expressions or Christian beliefs, People even went door to door and thought maybe they could benefit dead loved ones who, who might be in purgatory. So as the, the church evolved over time and, you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church was obviously very influential. And so in some expressions, even today, people will go door to door and they'll do treats and that kind of thing, or they even call them soul cakes, but they'll do them for the purposes of trying to move loved ones out of purgatory. Well, purgatory is not even in the Bible. It's not a biblical concept. And the idea is that if you 
uh, die, there could be some middle place. Instead of being with the Lord or being under judgment, maybe there's a middle place called purgatory, but the Bible knows nothing of that. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be what? At home with the Lord. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. I mentioned to you the colors, the costumes, the trick-or-treating, the dark clothing of witches, and even, you know, as the, the holiday kind of imbibes some Christian expressions or Christian beliefs, people even went door-to-door and thought maybe they could benefit dead loved ones who, who might be in purgatory. So as the, the church evolved over time and you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church was obviously very influential. And so in some expressions, even today, people will go door to door and they'll do treats and that kind of thing, or they even call them soul cakes, but they'll do them for the purposes of trying to move loved ones out of purgatory. Well, purgatory is not even in the Bible. It's not a biblical concept. And the idea is that if you Uh, die, there could be some middle place. Instead of being with the Lord or being under judgment, maybe there's a middle place called purgatory, but the Bible knows nothing of that. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be what? At home with the Lord. So that's what makes heaven heaven is where the Lord is. So with some help from this, this article that I've been quoting for you, let me just make some suggestions as we wind down. First, Christians should not respond to Halloween like superstitious pagans. I'm quoting. Pagans are superstitious. Christians are enlightened by the truth of God's word. Evil spirits are no more active and sinister on Halloween than they are on any other day of the year. In fact, any day is a good day for Satan to prowl about, seeking whom he may devour. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has forever disarmed principalities and powers, triumphing over them through the cross. Don't respond like superstitious pagans respond. Don't do it. You don't have to. Number two, Christians should respond to Halloween with, with cautionary wisdom. I already quoted this before, but just be wise. Don't go somewhere or do something that is going to in any way violate your conscience or your Christian values. Go somewhere that's safe. Right here, we will do a harvest fest, and I guarantee you there will be people here that are non-Christians. You know why they come here? Because it's a safe environment. They'll come here. Many people will be unchurched who come here on Tuesday night. We'll have hundreds and hundreds of people, and they'll come here for the safety. 
And they'll be exposed to you and to me and we'll have a chance to love them and show them the love of Christ and the truth of Christ. Let's exploit those opportunities. Let's be a light in the darkness, okay? Now, I will say this. There was a video going around. It came out, I think the origins was, it were from a Calvary Chapel some years ago. And there was a gentleman on that video who had had a very negative, dark experience with Halloween. And he, in his testimony, said, I will have nothing to do with this holiday. I would say to that gentleman, if that's your conscience, then that's what you should do. But here's a key chapter, and I don't have time to uh, go through it this morning, but I would encourage you to, this week, read Romans 14. Write this down and read it. Romans 14 basically makes the argument that Christians should stop judging one another when it comes to matters of opinion. This is the essence of the chapter about what people, what days they worship on, what they eat, what they drink, what they wear, food choices, etc. And Paul basically says, before their Lord, they're going to stand or fall and stand they will because they're a Christian. So on debatable matters of opinion, grace needs to go in both directions. Please hear me well. If a Christian has a a passionate mindset, I want nothing to do with this. I'm just going to turn my lights down, ignore the door, go to a restaurant, have nothing to do with it. If that's your conscience, that's what you should do. But judgment should not come from Christians who are saying, no, we're supposed to be handing out gospel tracts, man, and doing a Christian or a alternative to Halloween, man. Get with it. Stop it. Don't, we're not to be in judgment of that person. If they had a dark experience with that holiday, then just let them before the Lord. That's their conscience. But we also shouldn't look sideways at Christians who take their kids to Christian alternative celebrations or even go door to door in a Superman costume. We need to chill out. They're not practicing the ancient festival of Druidism and Samhain. They're dressed as Superman getting candy. Okay? The holiday has become largely secular. We all know that. Most Americans have no clue of anything I've told you this morning. All they know is this is something that we do in America. We have a party or we dress up. And so we got to be careful that grace goes in both directions, that we don't say, oh, you let your kid dress up as Batman. Right? We got to be careful that... Grace goes in both directions. I believe that this is really a matter of conscience. If you can just do what you do and and you're okay in your conscience, then so be it. Here's two things that Romans 14 teaches. One, you have a lot of grace, uh, liberties, freedom in Jesus Christ, okay? But number one, Very important. You never use grace as an excuse for sin. Never. Number two, you never use grace or your freedoms in Christ as a stumbling block for others. Easy way to remember Romans 14. Here's the essence of it. Don't use your freedoms and liberties in Jesus Christ as an excuse to sin. Don't use your freedoms and liberties in Jesus Christ to stumble somebody else. Two important things. Not an excuse for sin, they're both S's, and not an excuse to stumble somebody else. Outside of that, your freedoms in Jesus Christ are wonderful, and it's okay. Some people are vegetarians who are Christians, and some people eat double-doubles. 
Some people don't eat candy. Other people eat sleeves of Snickers. Okay? It's not going to affect your standing before Jesus Christ. You are neither worse for the eating or better, spiritually speaking. Now, your body is a different discussion. Because if you regularly eat double-doubles and have Snickers for dessert, your body will manifest certain visual realities. But since we're talking about grace, we're not going to go there anymore. Other Christians will opt for Halloween alternatives, harvest festivals, reformation festivals. Kids will dress up as farmers, Bible characters, Reformation heroes. Last year, there was even a guy walking around here in a Chewbacca outfit. Don't know what to make of him. Anyway, ask me about that later. (laughs) There's another option open to Christians. Limited, non-compromising participation in Halloween. There's nothing inherently evil about candy, costumes, trick-or-treating in the neighborhood. In fact, all of them can provide a unique gospel opportunity with your neighbors. Even handing out candy to neighborhood children, provided that you're not stingy and you don't keep all the Snickers for yourself, can improve your reputation among the kids. As long as the costumes are innocent and the behavior does not dishonor Christ, trick-or-treating can be used to further gospel interests. And again, I'm quoting, but I think this has been well said. Ultimately, Christian participation in Halloween is a matter of conscience before God. Whatever level of Halloween participation you choose, you must honor God by keeping yourself separate from the world and by showing mercy to those who are perishing. Halloween provides the Christian with the opportunity to accomplish both of those things in the gospel of Jesus. It's a message that is holy, set apart from the world. It's a message that is the very mercy of a forgiving God. What better time of year to share that message. You've been listening to The Origins of Halloween, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's special apologetics teaching about Halloween. Now, when Pastor Michael originally taught on this topic, he was asked some questions afterwards about some of the topics. So we have a video of Pastor Michael further explaining the occult, more about the Druids, and the origin of the Jack-O-Lantern. Walk in Truth partners can find this video on the Walk in Truth app. Are you thinking about becoming a Walk in Truth partner? Your monthly contribution of $10 a month or more helps broadcast on this radio station and provide the podcast. As a thank you, we've created the Walk in Truth app to provide easy access to the podcast, videos, and more teaching content. Please give today by visiting walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Well, as we consider the origins of Halloween, a word has come up over and over again. It's the word occult. And you might be wondering, what does that word mean? I've heard occults, but what's the occult? Well, the occult has the idea of what is occluded or hidden or behind the veil. And for the Christian, what is forbidden. People try to access information about the past, present, or future, often through tarot cards or mediums or getting their palm read or horoscopes or even necromancy calling upon the dead seances. These are all things that the Bible forbids for the believer. Now you might say, well, why? Because all that God wants to reveal to us is in his word 
and would be revealed by the Holy Spirit as he wills. But the primary place that God has revealed what we need is in the Word of God. And we don't need to be dabbling in dark areas to try to get information. And if we do, it's not coming from God. (laughs) So I would just say to you that if you've messed with this stuff in the past, including Ouija boards and things like that, just have nothing to do with it. Get rid of it and focus on the Lord. And know this, that once you turn from the darkness to the light of Christ, well, you resist the enemy and he will flee from you. So I would just say this, the Lord's come to make you free. So don't mess with the occult. It's forbidden for the Christian. This is Pastor Michael Lance. We've been delving in on a special message, a three-part message on the origins of Halloween. I hope it's been helpful for you. It was meant to enlighten you and uh, not to frighten, but rather to give you truth so you know what you're dealing with and how to make good decisions in light of biblical truth. That's our goal here on Walk in Truth. Hey, if you'd like to support us or find out more about us, you can go to walkintruth.com. You can check out all you'd like to know, walkintruth.com. And we'll be back tomorrow as we deal with the topic of temptation. We'll see you right here. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow as we continue our series in the book of Matthew. Pastor Michael's teaching will be in chapter 4 called Kingdoms in Conflict overcoming temptation. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.